for joining us for another episode of Accented. The series is based on conversations with real people who all have different English accents. You get to hear really cool stories and listen to how people enunciate their words. Today you're going to hear from Soz, who is Indonesian and studied English in Indonesia, but came to Australia to spend a few years at university. So let's get on with the show. Hi, I'm Kimberly Law, and today we will be chatting with Soz, who is from Indonesia. He has lived in Australia for about two years, and he came over here to study English at university. Well, not just English, he came over to study a master's in education. So let me tell you a little bit about Indonesia. It is a country just above Australia, but it's actually a huge group of islands called an archipelago. Now, Soz actually uses the word archipelago in the interview. And as I said, it's a bunch of islands or an island chain. Indonesia is the world's largest island country with over 17,000 islands. It also has a very large population of about 265 million people. Australians love Indonesia and Bali, which is an island in Indonesia, is a place that a lot of Australians go to for holidays because of its beautiful beaches. Let me discuss some of the vocabulary used in this interview. So I've already gone through one word, which is archipelago. And the next word I want to go to is expatriates. Soz mentions the word expatriates, which we sometimes shorten to expats. If you ever move to an English-speaking country, you might be called an expat. And that means that you're actually not from that country and you're living there maybe permanently, possibly, or more times than not temporarily. So Soz referred to himself as an expatriate and the expatriate community that he lived with. Later on in the interview, I said to Soz that he had a good mindset. Now, a mindset means that you have thoughts and values, and it's the way that you think about things. So that's your opinion sometimes, or your thoughts on life. So that's your mindset. It's what you believe. Another word used was salary. Now, a salary, that is how much you get paid for your job. So you could have a high salary. You could get paid hourly, weekly, monthly. And sometimes when you get a job, they'll tell you your yearly salary and then tell you when you will be paid, if it will be weekly or monthly. So a salary is basically how much you're going to get paid for the job. A term that could be confusing is straightforward. Now, Soz used the word straightforward, saying that Australians were straightforward people. And then I responded by saying, oh, they're very matter of fact. So straightforward means that it's uncomplicated and it's easy to follow. So if somebody is straightforward, 
they're not going to lie to you. They're going to tell the truth. Now, sometimes the truth can upset people. And Soz was saying that Australians are very straightforward. We don't necessarily think about how somebody is going to feel when we say that to them. Now, of course, Soz was saying that this was his opinion. And he liked that Australians were straightforward. And then I used the phrase matter of fact. You could say that that was a synonym, matter of fact. It's basically saying that it's the truth. Again, it, it, it's factual. It's, there's nothing, and another thing we say in English is sugarcoating it. To sugarcoat something, we're not making it fluffy. We're not making it nice. We are just giving the facts. And sometimes the facts hurt. I also said that Australians could be frank, another synonym. So we've got the words straightforward, matter of fact, and frank. When somebody is frank with you, they're being very clear and telling the truth. As I mentioned, Soz said that it is his opinion. And he also says his point of view. You will hear that phrase, point of view. That's basically your opinion. It's the way you think. Instead of me going on, let's get on with the show. Okay, today we are speaking with Soz, who recently returned to Indonesia from Australia, and he has just completed a double master's in education, majoring in leadership and TESOL. Welcome to the show, Soz. Hi, uh, thank you. Yeah, no, thanks for joining us. You've got a very interesting life story. So you grew up in Sulawesi, the island of Sulawesi in Indonesia. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what is Sulawesi like? Because we know about Bali, but we don't know about Sulawesi. Okay. So uh, Sulawesi is right in the middle of the archipelago of Indonesia. That's what one of the biggest uh, islands in Indonesia. So we have five so Indonesia is uh, like island islanders uh, country with 17,000 country, but then uh, we only have five biggest islands and then Sulawesi is one of them. And Sulawesi is, if you look at the map, the shape of the Sulawesi is like the K letter. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess also the Sulawesi has uh, many different tribes in it. so. Even people of Sulawesi, they speak different accents or uh, like dialects of Indonesian. Well, we all speak Indonesian as the national language, but every group of people there, they speak their own tribal language and that's quite different from each other. Why did you come to Australia to study English and why was English so important to you? I was interested in the first place because I felt like, oh, I want to... I want to sound different. So when I was in primary school, I just felt like, oh, I need to, I need to sound different from the rest of my friends. And I thought uh, one of it is through languages. And yeah, English was the, the foreign language that I was first exposed to, like from movies. And yeah, I just felt like, oh, I wanna, I wanna learn this language. And so yeah, I just. I just developed my interest in that language and I felt uh, it's not it's not too bad. And I just found out that, yeah, many people speak that language. So that's a bit of both like English in an international language. 
so having that language would help me interact with i would say many many people <clears throat> and, okay, so and i ha- heard recently that barack obama actually went to school in indonesia when he was younger did you know that oh yeah so when he was uh in probably in primary school he went to school in one yeah in jakarta that's amazing because I've heard he usually comes back to Bali on holidays because of him um, growing up in Indonesia when he was younger. Mm, I didn't know about that, but I knew that, yeah, he was in Indonesia for, for I don't know, for how many years, but he took some of his uh, school in Indonesia. So mm. you went to a university in Java that, um, so all... Courses were taught in English, is that correct? Yes, yeah, that's true. But then all the all the students were from Indonesia, so and some of my lecturers as well were Indonesians and some are expatriates. But we we tried to interact in English, and all the assignments were done in English. But somehow, like after the class, we just interact with our own language, which is Indonesian, makes things easier. <laughs> you came to Australia on a scholarship. So congratulations for that. And congratulations because you've finished your master's, which is so cool. Thank you. Um, what made you apply for the scholarship? Well, I, I heard about this scholarship, about this opportunity going overseas, like Australia. So I applied for it. Would you recommend people coming to Australia to study culturally? Uh, was it difficult? Yes, I would highly recommend people, especially my fellow Indonesian. It it just widened my my perspective about different different way of thinking or different way of responding to to people or to to circumstances. Did you struggle or did you have a cultural shock when you came here? Yes, I did. Uh, this is the real English. I'm surrounded by people speaking in english and somehow it's it's challenging because i'm still i'm still developing or working on my english as well sure so the way people spoke the way they treated you very similar to what it was like in indonesia i uh, of course it's not people speak differently that's for sure and yeah how do you mean can you give an example uh Probably people in Australia, they're more um, straightforward. It's like what they feel or what they think. So they're just, they're just more open. It's different from here. People here, they, before they say sure. something. Yeah, well, this is my, my personal uh, point of view. Like people would tend to say, okay, I think, it, I think uh, it should be this way, but probably this person will disagree. If I say that, then I'll just keep it to myself. But then, yeah, it limits the, so it protects the people's feeling, but somehow it, it limits the discussion. But I didn't, I found it different in Australia because people would just share their opinion openly and then that's just uh, encourage like discussion, open discussion and different points of view so that, uh, Maybe people can understand more, having better uh, perspectives or 
or understanding like that. So they're very matter of fact. They're very frank when they speak with you. Yeah, that's true. Did you get offended at all? Uh, no, not really. It's just different, but not offensive. That's really good because I know sometimes I would find it hard to not be offended in a different country. So that's really good that you had the mindset to go, oh, okay, it's just different. It's not what I'm used to. So um, now you're in, you're not in Saloisi. You are in West Papa teaching at a school, which is really interesting. Can you tell us about West Papa? Because this is a place that not many people know about. So West Papua is in the island of Papua, which is the same island where we share the land with Papua New Guinea as well. I hope you know where Papua New Guinea is. Yes. Well, Being an Australian, yeah. so, I know where Papua New Guinea is. And I'm just <laughs> listening to you say Papua. I think I'm saying it wrong. How do you pronounce it? Uh, what? Papua? Yes. So you're saying Papua. Is that is that right? Yeah. Okay, so in Australia we go Papua New Guinea, so Papua. Papua. Is that Papua. a better pronunciation? Uh, that's how people here, like local, would pronounce it. But maybe the rest of the world would say Papua, Papua, West Papua. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good to hear somebody <laughs> who knows how to say it properly. So good, Papua. Yes, something. Papua. Yeah, that's that's the correct pronunciation. Okay, so you are you teaching in English in West Papua? Uh, yes, so our school is a bilingual school actually. So some of the lessons are taught in Bahasa or in Indonesian and some are in English. Wow, so how many languages do you know? Me? Uh, I can speak English and Indonesian and also my, my tribal language a little bit, not fluent. At your school, are you mainly teaching... Uh, Papuans or it's a mix of nationalities? Most of our students are Papuans, uh, but we also have some uh, kids from other, other parts of Indonesia. What do you like about living there? I have my work here and I love the kids here. So I love that because uh, I felt like my, my contribution is... is what do you say? Like obvious, it's very easy to to make difference here, to make real contribution here. Rather than just working in a school, and every everything is set up, all this, all the kids are smart, and yeah, you're just like one addition to it. Yes, as a teacher myself, I know when you you feel great when you can actually see students progress. So I completely yeah. understand what you're saying. That's that's good that you it's fulfilling and that you enjoy teaching where you do. Oh, yeah, exactly. Fulfilling. I was looking for that word. Or it's rewarding. Um, of course, it's not the salary. It's definitely the fulfilling side of the job. That's great to hear that you're enjoying it there. But we would love you to come back to Australia and teach because I think you're a fantastic teacher. And I'm really happy that you got to speak to me about what you're doing in Indonesia. And... Yes, hopefully you're here soon to teach because, uh, yeah, the kids in Australia would love you here too. Ah, and thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Soz, and uh, enjoy the rest of your time in West Papa. Thank you. Welcome back. 
Now, you would have noticed that a conversation runs completely differently to how you would write academically in English. Of course, they're two different things. Now, I've been to university and the way I speak is completely different to how I write. The whole idea of this podcast is for you to listen to a real conversation. This is not scripted. What I mean by scripted is we haven't sat down and said, okay, I'll say this, you say this. This isn't a podcast for you to listen and go and do an English test about it. I could make comprehension questions for you, which would help your comprehension. But the whole idea of this podcast is for you to get comfortable listening to many different accents because you will encounter so many different accents that it's important for you to understand in many different situations. Now, in the interview, Soz and myself made grammatical errors. This is normal for native English speakers to make small errors every now and then because when we're speaking, we don't get a lot of time to think about what we're going to say and we just say it. And as long as people understand you, that's fine. During the interview, I heard Soz say, because, so, after, he changed what he was going to say. Usually, we don't put because, so, after in a sentence because it's grammatically not correct. But because Soz was thinking, he actually changed what he wanted to say. And that happens in a conversation. I also made a grammatical error in the interview. I said the sentence... The way people spoke, the way they treated you, very similar to what it was like in Indonesia. I'm missing a word there. I said the way they treated you very similar. What should I have put there? Was. The way they treated you was very similar. But sometimes when we're in the moment, we keep talking and sometimes a word can just slip out. I know that I made that grammatical error. But when we're speaking, as I said, in the moment, which is a typical English phrase I'll go into in a moment, not in the moment. But yes, when we are speaking, we sometimes get lost and a word can be missing. Now, I said in a moment and in the moment. In a moment is maybe I'll be with you in a couple of minutes. In the moment means that at that time, you are busy doing something else. You are so focused in that thing. Now, in the moment, I was so focused on SOS that I wasn't thinking about the way or the words I should use. Now, when you're in the moment, you are focused on one thing. Now, speaking and having conversation... Sometimes we're focused on something and that can change the way we speak. Thanks for listening to another episode of Accented the Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Law. Accented is released on the 15th and 30th of each month. You can also view a transcript of this interview by looking at the show's notes or visit kimslawofenglish.com. Until next time. Reach for the sky.